Bowie Jane and Jess Bourne for Babes Behind the Beats. And today we have a friend of mine on the show, singer, songwriter and unreal person, Zoe Badwi, all the way from Australia. Hello, Zoe. Oh, hi, guys. That's a nice intro. Thanks. <laughs> We're so happy to have you here. I love having other Australians other than Bowie on the show as well because I love the accent so much. So I'm like, give me more. <laughs> oh, well, Bowie, your accent might get stronger than now talking to another Aussie. I know. I'm going to have to rein it in a bit and uh, and cut out my own swearing. (laughs) (laughs) Zoe and I know each other through Keith Ridgway, a mutual friend of ours. He's a music manager. We did a gig together in Melbourne, which was heaps of fun. (laughs) It was indeed. Yep. Now, and Zoe, for those who may not know, is an amazing singer, but has had some huge hits. Free Falling, Release Me, has been on tour with Little Mix, performs at every festival I can think of in Australia. Like super well known, and I'd say you're almost a household name in Australia. Ah, <laughs> yeah. So like everyone loves her, great person, and yeah, we're just excited to chat about your career in the dance music scene. Well, it is fun. <laughs> That's right. Now, you started out in a girl band, is that right, Sarah? Yeah. Or is that not a girl band? Well, no, it was a girl band. I first started. I was working in a nightclub, and a DJ. I was just in the car with him afterwards, driving somewhere and singing with the radio, and he said, "Oh, you've got a good voice." Would you want to sing on one of my songs? I was like, yes. So that's how it first started. I did a song with him and that went out in Europe and that did quite well. And then one of my roommates was going out with the girl who was in a girl band and they were looking for the third member because one had already left to pursue her modelling career. And I auditioned for it. It was a really strenuous audition process, like singing off against another girl and piano oh. in front of you and the executives all there. I was like, poor. And I got it and I got in oh, there. Yeah. That was my first sort of real taste of record companies and things like that but in a girl band where it had no say on anything. Thought I was going to be the next Britney Spears. Um, <laughs> was it a girl band? Were you all singing or was it, were there instruments involved? Or No, no, no. Just three girls singing. And we did stuff like the Big Brother theme song, the TV show. We sang that. And then one of the contestants out of that released the song. Yeah, we had a couple of singles, but nothing too big. And then I joined another band after that when that sort of disbanded. And that was a dance music band with a DJ and some really talented musicians. So it was guitarists, we had bongos, we had bass guitar, sometimes keys. It was so fun. It was about seven years I was in that, that called Black Dogs. Oh, wow. Actually, I have heard of that. Who was in that? That wasn't Grant Smiley, was it? Or? No, this one was, it was a guy, he won Australia's Got Talent. His name's Andrew De Silva, and he's in another band in a called CDB and they had some great tracks back in the day. And so I just learned from old school musos. That's how I think. And then you're talking about Grant Smiley, we were playing at a pub and he walked in just by chance and was listening to the the band and he came up to me afterwards and said hi my name's Grant I really like what you do no promises but do you write music and I was like yeah I hadn't written a song yet (laughs) (laughs) he said well I'll send you some music and let's just see what happens so he sent me music and I wrote my first single release me on it 
Yeah, I went and met him at the studio with his other partner from TV Rock called Ivan Goss. And so nervous, but I walked in there and just sang it a cappella to them. And they looked at each other and said, yep, sign here, would you? <laughs> and that's how it all started. Were you just signing that song? Like, What was the kind of deal you were doing with them at that point? Well, at that point, it was just a single. And even then, they sat on it for about a year and a half because they didn't know what to do with it. They thought it might be a bit too girly for them. In the end, they were just like, oh, we'll just release it. It was going to be TV Rock featuring Zoe Badley, but then we'll just do it as you. There's no pressure on it. They'd already had a fair few hits. And he said, we'll just see. And my goodness, guys, it went to number one on the Australian oh club chart for two months nearly. And I was just like, <laughs> good on me. And Zoe, you know what? I meant to, I don't know if I text you, I meant to text you. At clubs in the US, you've done a remix of it yeah. recently. I'm hearing it. And I, I don't know if I told you, but I meant to tell you. <laughs> oh, well, it was so weird because, I mean, yeah, I was just writing this at home in my bedroom and the next minute I'm in like 28 countries around the world. I'm touring all over the world with it. It was like, oh, let's just give them this little go and see what happens. And I guess that's what you've got to do. You've got to be in it to win it. That's incredible. I just want to take it back real quick to you yeah. mentioning the name Grant Smiley. So for people that aren't familiar, is he like another Australian DJ producer? Yes. Type guy that was okay. So he's kind of like well known over there, and he was kind of the guy to go to, I guess maybe. Yeah, they've had all the hits, and I mean, I remember when he walked in when I was singing, I was like, oh, they're not just not. But yeah, he was, and he owned the record company as well. He was part owner in Neon Records, which is part of Universal Records in Australia. And so, yeah, he was quite the mover and shaker. And now he actually lives in LA and he owns EPLT. The oh, nice yeah. I, he booked me to DJ Australia Day. Yeah. 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 So that was cool. Oh God, it went off. Everyone was pretending they were cool, right? It was Australia Day, <laughs> rooftop, and everyone's like being all fancy. And my friend texted me before the gig and he said, I'm just letting you know the crowd is not, he's Aussie. He goes, it's not Aussie Bogan. It's like fancy pants. You're going to have to play cool music. And I was like, oh. <laughs> thought in my head I was just going to go straight out the gates with like you're the voice yeah Casey. land down under I was going to go hit after hit after hit and when I turned up I was like oh yeah and then I saw Grant and I said hey my plan was to go fully bogan with this like just come <laughs> out with Aussie hits but the crowd's not really that but are you still cool if I do that he goes not nah, do whatever you want I couldn't Aww, kill it yeah he's so nice. right yeah and, and did I love it Oh, everyone was being all fancy pants. And as soon as I put on You're the Voice, the crowd turned. People, it was almost like a pub in the middle of Australia. People like all <laughs> falling over the decks. <laughs> yeah, it was so bogan. It was just so much well, fun. You keep saying bogan. What is Aussie <laughs> oh. bogan? It's just like people letting loose, no one being fancy. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. It was to the point the police came to tell us. <laughs> and I was like, success. <laughs> it was so funny. Yeah, so that was pretty cool that he saw you and you got that opportunity from him. Oh, it feels like old school ways because most people now TV shows they go on to get found or I don't know, some TikToking thing. I don't really still understand that. (laughs) Grown people don't need to be doing weird dances in front of the camera. Please stop. (laughs) No. And do you think because he was with Sony at the time, do you think that helped when he released it, they had a big push behind it? Like they could get it out to the right people, I guess the pluggers? Well, I think it was with Warner back then. When it went to the number one in the club chart, that's organic. So that's not really record companies can help it get there. And then it's after that. We changed from Warner to Universal. So it did kind of get a little bit lost in the cracks. It probably would have crossed over to mainstream radio, but it kind of got a bit lost. So oh. 
and that's okay because it keeps it cool. But, I mean, it is played an awful lot. And thank goodness the gay community really loves my music. And it's the funnest gigs to play anyway. So yeah. it all worked out so nicely for me. Yeah, that's amazing. So since then, when Release Me came out and that went to number one, what was the plan of attack? Then you were just doing heaps of gigs, performing around the world? Yep, everywhere. Festivals, clubs, all around the world. And then I uh, wrote a couple more singles and they still did really well as well in the charts. I feel like, yeah, it was going really well. And then the record company said, I think you're going to have to do an album. I think that's what we're going to do. And I went, okay. (laughs) So went in and wrote an album and dance pop sort of album, all the fun, uplifting things, because that's sort of my style. I like to have fun and I want to be happy and I want everyone else to be happy. So mine aren't, I mean, look, I do have one ballad about a deadbeat ex-boyfriend, but other than that, (laughs) the rest of it is all up. You got to have one about the ex in there. It makes for good writing material. So you just got to have one that's all You were then asked by the label to record an album, which is pretty cool because maybe you thought it was going to be single, single, single. You weren't really sure what the approach was. It was a big label. Was it Atlantic? So I was signed to Atlantic in America, but I did go over there. Yeah, I think I forgot. Oh, wow. And did a couple of weeks riding there in a riding camp. Like there was Ed Sheeran who was somewhere next to me, Flo Rider. He was in there. And I was just You're joking. No, I was walking down the hallway singing at the top of my lungs. He was like, anybody need a singer? Like, <laughs> Crying <laughs> in there, and all these bodyguards in there because of all the big rappers. And so that would have been an unbelievable experience. You're in these amazing studios. They're setting up writing sessions. That's awesome. Yeah, and I got to ride all around with all different people, which was it was really it was good just to see how it's done. Because obviously, when I first started writing, I didn't realize that there's sort of a, a rule book to writing songs. You know, your chorus, your verse, chorus A, chorus B, and I wasn't writing like that. I liked almost the ignorance of it, of not knowing. So I just write how I felt or what would wake me up in the middle of the night. And so then once you start going to the, in studios and writing with other people and I went on a songwriting camp, I learned all the sort of rules. It was good, but also a bit hard because it takes away your freedom. Yeah, totally. And you think, oh, I'll just add a, something in here. And then you go, oh, no, you can't because you've got to bring it back to a chorus because that's going to make it down. I'm thinking, oh, I wish I could unlearn this. So in Australia, I did a three weeks lockdown in a studio of just writing every day and had all other producers present music to me to see if I like it and then would write. I wrote a lot with um, my friend Amy Pearson. I really love her. She's a great singer, a songwriter. She came out from England and we just locked ourselves away and laughed a lot and shared lots of stories. And so it's good. It was an amazing experience. And then, yeah, so it got released and then I toured around everywhere Australia with that and released more singles from the album too because then I had Free Falling, which was a great song and nice up. Oh, that went to number one, right? That was huge. Yeah, oh. Oh, no, it's such a nice song. <laughs> I love it. It's timeless. Such a good song. Well, it's also good. terrifying because it's got these high bits in it. So after you've done a fair few tours and your voice is a bit hoarse, you're like, come on, girl, get to the top. <laughs> <laughs> and do you usually on tour like end with that song too? So it's like at the yeah. last in the set? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so you're like waiting. You're like have the anxiety of like waiting until yeah. you're hitting that part. <laughs> oh, that's annoying. Oh, when people go, I want it first. I'm like, hell no. I'm going to have to warm up to this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, everyone would know the lyrics to that song, so it's a big one. Oh, yeah. So I've had some lovely hits and touring around and still got more than I still put out dance hits. And I now mix it up where I do all lots of different genres. And sometimes I don't put my name to it. Other times I do. And I write songs for other people. And yeah. And now you then had a major car accident, right? 
That's right. I had my first Saturday night off in years. So I thought on the Sunday morning, bright and early, I woke up nice and fresh. I thought I'll drive down to my parents' house and say, hi guys. Anyway, I'm driving and an 87-year-old man runs through a red light and T-bones my car. Nearly kills me. It's not funny, but I have to say it that way. Otherwise, you laugh <laughs> or cry. So I'd prefer to laugh. Yeah, I just remember hearing a massive bang and then being pulled out of the car. Yeah, not easy to remember at all. But then going to hospital and I lost my memory. I had all soft tissue damage in my neck and back. I had to move back with my parents for about a year because I couldn't do anything, couldn't change my bed sheet, put the washing on, carry even the washing basket. And I lost my memory, which... I didn't realize, because I couldn't find words to say if you need a knife and a fork. I'd be like, what's that thing you stab into food? Like, what is that? And then I remember a few weeks later, because I'm always a bit trying to be tough and think, it'll be fine, I'll be right, whatever. And I couldn't put rings on or anything because my body was so swollen from internal bleeding. Again, not funny. But we've got to laugh, girls. I made it, so we're all right. Yeah, yeah, I'm laughing too, and it's like, I'm like, oh, that's a good one, yeah. Yeah, but come on. And then, so I remember I went to do this live, TV show in Sydney. I flew and I shouldn't have flown because my brain was so swollen. But anyway, I get there and I'm on stage and all these people are playing. It's a massive day. It's so fun. And I can hear the music when I'm on stage. I'm thinking, this is familiar. What is this? I quite like it. And then I can hear my backing vocals in the back and I go, ah, and I'm thinking, pretty sure that's me. What is this? It was free falling that I've sung 900 million, 17 billion times. And I had no idea of the words, no idea of the melody, no idea how to sing it. I was just so lucky I had a super fan in the front row and I just put the microphone out to him and he sang the whole thing because I couldn't oh, even remember it. Wow. It was afterwards I was like, uh-oh, I'm in a bit of trouble here. I think I need to go home. <laughs> and yeah, then got more tests done and everything and yeah, I wasn't good. But I hopefully once I lose the rage, I'll be able to write a good song about it. But still not there yet. No, no thanks. Yeah, because it's just like out of the blues. Obviously no one knows that's going to happen to them. I often think about that when you're driving, like you think it's going to be a big fanfare when someone's about to hit you but it would just be bang and it's done like it's I was on cruise control I didn't even get to touch the brakes didn't even see the car coming because it was coming from the wrong way so we shouldn't have been going so yeah it's been a learning curve and of course touring and stuff after that now I just need to leave a couple more days to make sure that my back's fine or neckline and oh god all that sort of stuff but I mean what do you do life you just gotta get on with it how did you get your memory back did they give you exercises or I don't know I had to go to rehab for years and years and not just body rehab, but mind rehab and then all the memory sort of, I felt like, you know, the kids and they do the memory games, <laughs> but that's yeah. what it was. And of course, it's really exhausting because you think speaking comes second nature to you, but I just couldn't find words. Everything was Scary. Lost. Yeah. Because you were on your way to your parents when it happened. Yeah. You couldn't get a worse call. I don't remember doing this either, but apparently when I was in the car allowed in the car, what do you have, like the Bluetooth, I rang Dad and I said, I was just like, help, accident <gasps> at the bottom of Oliver's Hill where we sort of live. After this man had pulled me out of the car, he's like, it's going to blow, it's going to blow. It didn't blow. What? Please don't no. say that. And I just see my dad running like Terminator in his slippers down the hill to me. Oh, <laughs> oh and this, by the way, Oliver's Hill is a really, really big hill. Yeah. 
yeah. Like, I know that hill. <laughs> yeah, I just see that man running with his little leather slippers on. Like, he must have just got straight in the car and just ran for me. And, oh, what a lovely man. Don't all cry. Oh, I love you, Dad. And then the 87-year-old man, I nearly killed his wife, by the way, that he'd hit me. It was like a millimetre off her being dead. That would not have been something good to happen, would it? So he's bleeding because the windscreen smashed in on him. But he was fine, really. So Dad's helping him wrap us around. And then the ambulance comes. And they put us both in the same ambulance together. And I'm thinking... I don't know about this. And, yeah, and the man's crying, the 87-year-old, going, I'm sorry, I ruined your life. What have I done? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, I didn't wear my glasses. I'm like, mm mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I can't believe they put you in the same ambulance. Nor could I. <laughs> And again, not funny, but here we are. That is wow. wild. Yeah, well, what a recovery of my bloody yeah. hell. Yeah, wait, how many years ago was this or what year was it? Six years ago. I didn't know it had happened until there was a, something in the Herald Sun, I think, and it yeah. came up. Yeah. Maybe you were doing your first gig back. It was something like that. Yeah, because I kind of tried to keep it a little bit under wraps as well because I didn't want it to be over for me, my life of what I built so hard and chasing my dreams and thinking I'm not going to be able to tour. I can't remember my songs that I've written. And I just thought, oh, no. So I just worked really hard on the quiet just to try and rebuild myself so I could go back out there and keep doing this. And boy, did you rebuild yourself because you then ended up, weren't you on tour with Little Mix? I mean, which is I got to do the Australia and New Zealand tour with them, which was so fun again. That's amazing. What kind of venues? Was it all arenas? Yeah, they did mostly arenas. I think the one in Adelaide with Australia was a little bit smaller, but the rest were just huge venues, obviously pre-COVID, so everybody was allowed in. And yeah, it was such a nice experience. One of the girls from Little Mix, Jade, that's my cousin. Yeah, so that would have made it less daunting in a way. I bet she was helping you out with... I remember when it came up, I said, uh, Jade, I've just been put forward to be the support act. What do you reckon? She's like, that would be so fun. And um, so then my auntie came out and then my mum or my dad would come because I still wasn't quite great either. So I had people with me. <laughs> yeah, it was like a family affair. And then Jade would come here to the house and have dinner with us all. And it's nice to see them when they're here. Simon Cow put them together, a little mix, because they all went as individuals. And so he's a good man, him. He knows what he sees. He definitely does know what he's doing. We can give him that. Yeah, that's so this, for sure. <laughs> this was after he'd already put together One Direction and then... Yeah. Yeah. This version, right? Yep. And Little Mix, I'm sure everyone knows here in America, but just in case, they are huge. In the UK, I'd say the biggest girl band, apart from the Spice Girls. Yeah, I think they even surpassed some of their numbers now. Oh they did? God. They passed Spice Girls? Yeah, Facebook? some of well, their numbers in some things, yeah. I'm just so proud of them. Was it just you and Little Mix, or was there someone else on the bill? Just myself. And then, so I just did the warm-up before they came out. And then I'd watch every show of theirs, because I just loved them. <laughs> anyway, I just, they're so vocally talented and they move about on stage. It's a great show to watch, those girls. And was your setup DJ or...? DJ and singing. Yeah, okay, cool. Just play the hit, get them all going, come on! Wrap yeah. that audience up and off you go. We do have a quiz at the end. We'll ask you more about that, actually. Okay. I know. I was like, I mean, we could because it, it works right now. Okay, yeah. So what I was going to ask is there's obviously a benefit to being an opener and being the headline. Well, what's your preference? Headline. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we were saying get it over and done with and then you're like, then you can party. But Oh, no, because it means everyone's there to see you. Ah, good point. Well, no, that's so true. It's the ultimate. It's the yeah. ultimate. Thing. I'm happy either way up there. I love yeah. it. So don't mind me. I'm available. 
So, Zoe, obviously, as everyone knows, the world shut down in 2020. And so were you working on new music during the quarantine? And did you also have any tours or shows that were planned that got canceled? (laughs) Again, not funny. (laughs) (laughs) What do we do, guys? We've got to laugh. You got to laugh about it. Yeah. Oh, so not funny. The week that we got shut down, it was, I think, Thursday or Wednesday. And I had a gig on the Saturday night for 10,000 people at the big arena in Melbourne with all international guests. And even Grant was coming. Grant Smiley, who we've been talking about, he was flying out for it as well. And it's called Reminisce, and it's a 50 classic countdown of house songs of all time. So it's just an epic event. It's so fun. So that got cancelled that weekend of lockdown. And we're thinking maybe at this point, maybe two, three weeks lockdown. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Again, not funny. Oh, I think we were six months. So it just, we were in a bit of a holding pattern of we weren't, told it was going to be so long so everyone kept having high hopes and say this big festival reminisce and that we couldn't do then they'd moved it back to October that year and then it was obviously not going to happen by October I actually just did it last week oh Oh, wow yeah but of course they couldn't have any internationals and instead of having 10,000 they were only allowed 3,000 I think was the number yeah, it'd be nice if there was a bit more support for the Aussie artists. It was hard for a lot of musos to get money from the government when yeah. they closed everything down. And But yet whenever there's anything that goes wrong in Australia, the government's the very first to ask all of the musicians to come together and put free benefits on for us all to perform for free so we can make money for everybody. And it's like, hmm, how does that work? So now you're... You don't want to give anybody money for their singer. You don't think now it's real jobs being a singer or an artist or an actor. But then what's going to get you through lockdown? Because you're going to listen to all of our music. You're going to watch all the TV shows, the Netflix. So pretty important, the old arts, isn't it? Did it change in Australia ever? Did they end up helping gig workers? Yes. So then we've got a thing called JobKeeper where once a month you'd get money, but you just had to prove your income and prove that you'd lost money from gigs. I mean, really? You've shut everything. Well, of course we've lost money. (laughs) And it was wild, the hoops they'd make you jump through. From last night, we don't have to wear masks anymore here in Australia. And they're taking lots of caps off it. They went really hard on us and we were really strict. So we pretty much have been able to eradicate most of it here until they open up the borders again, I suppose. So you've got songs to release, so we can look forward to that. That's exciting. I imagine you're waiting three to six months before you're working out what you're doing, probably. Yeah. I might release to the clubs in the next couple of months because the restrictions are lifting here and all of that so people are out but we'll just say and then I've got to revisit them all and make sure they're all still relevant again because you kind of needed to give your ears a bit of a rest as well from listening to all the music that you've written. That was what I was thinking too like you if you're releasing stuff has the sound changed like I've been thinking about that too like I don't think the sound has changed because we've been on pause. I think people are listening a bit closer to music, so maybe your lyric content and the melodies just seem to be tighter. And right, that's what I try to concentrate on. People keep going, "Love well, you to write a song about COVID." No thanks. No one wants to hear about lockdown. Yeah, and the world shut me out. Oh, boring. Whatever feels right at the time is what I'm writing. Yeah, I love it. I don't know if I ever told you this, but when quarantine started happening last year, I started getting into taking masterclass. Have you been familiar with that or done any of the classes? Oh, masterclass is awesome. There are so many amazing instructors. They're all super famous, super successful people that you would never expect to be giving a class and probably have never given a class yeah. um, before, but it's like exclusive. You pay for the membership and then you have unlimited classes. So yes, I am familiar with it. And which class did you do? 
say? Well, I mean, there's, like you said, there's so many different ones that I would love to do, but the one that I have done recently, as you know, we both adopted little COVID puppies. So I wanted to learn from Brandon McMillan. He's a dog trainer, world's best dog trainer, basically. And it was amazing. Like he teaches you all these little tricks that you wouldn't know. Obviously it's like sit, stay, no. Oh, and he teaches you how to get your dog to stop barking because Pepe is a little dog and he does bark a lot when people come in the house and stuff. So (laughs) basically you just take like a little water bottle and you fill it with pennies and you shake it and it gets the dog to stop barking. Oh my God. And did it work with Pepe? It worked. And I never, ever would have thought to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. bizarre? Like the little tricks. Yeah. Just little tricks of the trade, right? And what's also amazing about it, Bowie, is that we didn't have to sit down and watch three hours of a class. It's broken up into 10 minute segments. So yeah, we kind of slowly familiarized ourselves with training Pepe and just took these courses at our own pace, but we learned something new every time we watched it. It's so great. Yeah. That's what I love actually, because you don't want to sit down for two hours and commit to watching a video. Well, I certainly don't. Yeah. You can't even get me to sit down and watch a film. (laughs) I love it that it's broken into these 10 minute learning experiences. So then you can think about what's being said and you can also jump. You don't have to do it all in order, which is really cool. Right, right. You can learn from anyone and everyone that you would want to. Like who are some of the people that you remember from masterclass? Oh, well, so I was in particular looking at the music ones and I saw that you could learn singing from Christina Aguilera. I mean, she's one of the best. Performance skills from Usher, which I think is something that's really a fine art form. It's one thing to be able to sing, but can you entertain the crowd and can you bring them up and down? But one that I thought I was thinking for you, you would love this. Drums from Sheila E. Oh my God, yes. Yes. As you know, she is my biggest idol, obviously, as the best female drummer in the world, in my opinion. I mean, she is. And I'm just so excited to take her class. I'm going to take that next, actually, because yeah, like I've been looking forward to that one and she's incredible. The best thing about Masterclass too is that you can access it from anywhere. Like you can get it on your phone, on the web, on a smart TV. Yeah, you can download the app. The app's great. Yeah. And there's over like a hundred classes from seriously world-class instructors. So yeah, very, very cool. I can't wait to get stuck into some of these. I know. And you know what? The best part about this, Bowie, our Babes Behind the Beats listeners will get 15% off an annual membership. Oh, yes, aren't we lucky? We are some lucky ladies. So (laughs) just go to masterclass.com slash beats. That's masterclass.com slash beats, B-E-A-T-S for 15% off an annual pass. Unlimited classes, everyone. Unlimited. Oh my gosh, this is a deal. Okay, I've, I've got to run them because I have to get started on this. Yeah, actually, same. I'm going to go start that Sheila E course now. So I'll talk to you later, Bowie. <laughs> All right, Zoe. Now, it's been absolutely amazing chatting to you and to a fellow Aussie all the way in Australia, obviously. G'day, mate. <laughs> G'day, mate. Now oh, you're knackers. Yeah, knack- <laughs> yeah, show us your knackers. Um, <laughs> show us your knackers. Like, like- knackers are balls. Oh, we're balls. <laughs> As my mate always says, how are you knackers? <laughs> I think it's hilarious. I'm just believing everything you say. I'm like, that's what knackers are? What? (laughs) All right. So we end with a little quiz and it's super easy. Um, Yeah. Don't be scared of it. Don't be scared. I will kick it off with question number one. Mm -hmm. Dogs or cats? Oh, that's me. (laughs) I know. You can say both, I guess. Oh, cats? Oh, they can be real assholes, but I like that about my cat. Yeah, he wants to be touched all the time, so I touch him and he then scratch my face. I'm like, good chat, Kevin. (laughs) Good chat. (laughs) 
Good chat, Kevin. <laughs> That's amazing. I love that. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. Question number two. Whiskey or vodka? Vodka. Well, that's Jen. We're going to get along well. I'm whiskey, <laughs> so obviously you got that one wrong with me. But you got it right. A plus in my books right now. Thank you. All right. Third question: Beach or snow? Beach. I'm always cold. I have a thermal on nine times out of ten, so I'd like to oh, okay. warm. Yeah. And we're we're okay with that answer. It tends to be everyone says that answer, and we we're like, well, that's not right. Everyone says <laughs> it, so I've just gotten to the point of like accepting that you maybe we shouldn't ask it anymore because it makes you and I mad. Because we we, we got to find yeah a different one find because because more... we literally keep asking this question and everyone says beach and like <laughs> Bowie and I just get like upset and we go silent. <laughs> we go silent. And then... They're like, I thought this quiz was for me. So people like, but I know for you guys. <laughs> or like it's right or wrong. Sorry, <laughs> wrong, wrong, <Yeah>. wrong. <laughs> wrong. And I, we already know the answer to this question. It's headline or opener. Headline. Yeah. Yep. There's no wrong answer to that. There's one. no wrong one to that one, but totally understand the headline. The last question. I like this one. This actually is my favorite one. What is on your rider, like for your green? <laughs> Okay, I get a bottle of Grey Goose, soda water, fresh lime, I get packets of chips, Uh, I love chips, and a fruit platter, and six beers, and two orange Powerades, and waters, and some Red Bull. Yes! We have never had anyone reel off their rider so quickly. You were like, and it is. You're like, I've got all of this, like, so confidently. Yeah, because, yeah, I look for the chips when I get in there. (laughs) What kind of chips? Does it matter what kind of chips? Look, I'm not fussy because I'll just be grateful for them. (laughs) No, I'm good. I do like a Red Rock honey and soy. No, honey chicken, is it? So you like your gourmet chips? Oh, don't know. I'm, I love a Twisties. So what are they here? Like they're cheesy kind of. Oh, like Cheetos. Yeah. yeah. I like I them, think... but they stain all your fingers and your face when you eat. And then you have to go yes. out and sing. And you have yellow teeth. Really good. <laughs> Uh, and then you have Red Bull as well, so it really cements it onto the tea. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Red Bull. I'm drinking one right now. We would love you to sponsor us. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag Red Bull. Um, right. So that's my rider. Yeah, I think my manager puts up on their back when they were touring with me before all of this, and they'd have cold meat. I don't want that. I don't want a piece of ham on the backstage uh-huh. and a sandwich platter, which I always felt bad because I would never eat it all. So I was like, I think we can take that off, guys. Yeah, yeah. Because you like don't want to waste it too. If you're just no. getting something and you're like, it's just going to waste. Well, and then I walk around to other people's dressing rooms offering them a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so you, you've got no idea that the answers we've had to this question. It's really quite funny. But like Jess is adding to her list, but we've had some really interesting ones. And Jess has like gone to the fact that she's asking for socks, right? Oh, well, because <laughs> an artist, one of the artists, I believe it was Kay Hanley that we had on, she said that her. Her band, when they were on tour, would ask for socks because it's when you're on tour, it's like, you know how it is, annoying to do laundry and socks. Yeah. Socks and underwear are the things that you go through <laughs> the most, obviously. So she was like, we have socks on our writer. And I was like, oh my God, I am adding socks to my writer. <laughs> I know there's a band here called Peking Duck and they asked for a photo of Nicola Cage in a frame. No. <laughs> yes. 
That is gold. That's pretty funny. I like when people have weird shit like that because I just think it makes it quirky. And someone said they asked specifically for what, like yellow Starburst, oh, because it I makes put- them know that the people that are giving them the rider paid attention to the rider. Yeah, and so they put it like fifth line in so that they go, oh, this person read the rider. So they know ah. right when they walk into the dressing room, if they see like yellow Starburst or something, they'll be like, okay, they got everything. If they don't have that, then they start questioning, like, okay, we got to make sure that everything's yeah. like, as in like for the show rider as yeah, well. Yeah, I agree. I thought the worry about the sounds and stuff is chips aren't in there. I think, well, what else is missing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, wow. One more quick question. If you could add anything to your rider, like if you were Beyonce and it was like you could have a masseuse every day or something, like, oh, private jet a private jet that's good yeah imagine that you just get to lie down on the plane all the time leave whenever you want not have to be in customs and you go into the back way and they walk you through oh yeah yeah no security and you get chips on the plane they get chips on the plane that's great (laughs) yeah that's actually the perfect thing to add to the rider i agree with that that i I, you know why i like the kardashians there you go that'd be like that i love watching the kardashians that's my long haul thing i watch like 10 episodes in a row. I save them. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely my guilty pleasure too. Yeah. I would have to say. No one did. We're all upset at finishing, right? This is the unanimous decision. Oh, I know. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Like, what am I going to watch on my long hauls? You're going to have to start <laughs> from the beginning again. We have to get into all the housewives. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I've never watched The Housewives, so I guess that's the next thing to yeah. get into. I mean, it's like Sleeping Tablet has worn off. All right, I'm up for six hours. What am I going to watch? Kardashian. Yeah. awesome well that was the end of the quiz loved all those answers zoe thank you so much for being on the show with us the last thing that we would like to ask uh for you is to just let our listeners know how to kind of find you on social media or you know your instagram twitter website whatever it is that you're like the most active on that everyone can you know keep up with what you're doing oh awesome well guys follow me on instagram zoe badly which is z-o-e oh no you say z-o-e and my surname is B for Bob, A for Apple, D for Dog, W for William, I for Igloo, Zoe Badley. Yes, that's true. We do over here, they do say Z. And what so do they like, say? We say Z. Z for, oh, okay. Z-O-E, yeah. yeah. okay. that's how I spell my name. But yeah, that's how I would say Wow. That, again, I'm learning so much new <laughs> terminology that I've never heard before. I did not know that. Like in England, our language is similar. In America, nothing similar. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Amazing. Awesome. Well, we, yes, we will tag you as well for everyone, but thank you again for doing this. It was so great chatting with you. Oh, guys, you're really fun. Thanks for having me. I just want to thank our amazing Patreon supporters. We have some amazing people who have subscribed to our Patreon account and it really helps us with producing this show and getting everything up and running. We really appreciate the support. We just wanted to thank everyone for being a subscriber. Yes, thank you all so, so much. It really is helpful. You know, we love doing this, but it really helps us kind of be able to get it done. And, you know, if you become a patron, you will get some early access to the podcasts. You'll get video content, some other content like Q&As that we do. We just do some fun stuff to try and give back. Just definitely subscribe and we're just so thankful. So thank you guys so much. Yeah, and the web address if you want to visit our Patreon is P-A-T-R-E-O-N that's right, patreon.com forward slash babes behind the beats. So visit us there and uh, we really appreciate your support and we can't wait to see you over there. <laughs>